Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. With me, as always, my co-host, Kristen Stutter. That is me. Hello. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Great. Here we are today. Here, here we are. Uh, another uh, installment of this thing. We're back in the regular season. Yes, for sure. I, I wonder at this point. Yeah, we can keep saying it. We'll um, say it for the next few months. No problem. Uh, we have a great guest with us. Very happy to uh, welcome her into this weird world that I'm sure she's a little bit confused about. Uh, a very talented musician, a dang rocker. Hell uh, yeah. It's Colleen Green. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Colleen. Thank you for uh, being a part of this. Thanks uh, for having me. You are a musician, yet I don't know if that necessarily means you know anything about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because most people don't. Yeah, the You're two are, yeah. B- believing the- that. Yeah, uh, and so just to kind of get us started, uh, I'm curious if there's anything you've got knowledge-wise coming into this. Uh, what's the, what's the one in Cleveland? Yeah. That's, that's the museum. The one? That's yeah. the museum. Okay. I've the, been there. For the rock oh. Yeah. I went there like 10 years ago. Okay. Whilst on a cross country road trip. Well, actually when I was moving to California, oh, hell I yeah. stopped in Cleveland and went to the museum. Yeah. yeah. Did you, do you remember anything of note from it? Actually, the only thing I remember is a Bruce Springsteen postcard. Okay, which was probably in the gift shop. I was going to say that was probably in the gift shop as opposed to displayed. But uh, where were you moving from? Uh, Boston. From Boston. Okay. Apropos. Apropos. Um, Today's artist. Do Do you remember if you got in for free because you're a musician? Did you know about that little trick? I have no idea. Um, I was most assuredly smoking copious amounts of weed on this cross country Uh trip. And um, so that might explain why the details are fuzzy, but no idea whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Joe told me this after I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, it's a little <laughs> trick. If one, Number one, if you're a musician. I'm not even a musician. But if you're a musician, you, you get into the museum for free, which is pretty cool. And you can bring a CD to show like as proof. But you don't have to give it to them. But it doesn't could, go in their like box, their collection of all the musicians who visit. Honestly, it might. They might. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how that process works. You can also be like, check out my website. And that's what I did, even though I'm a comedian. I just said like, oh, I have a website. And then they saw that I do have a website. And then they didn't really investigate any further. 
And then I got in for free. Did you have a beard at the time? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Because like, I feel like if they went to your website and you didn't have a beard, like old Joe, I, I'd be like, that guy's not a rock. That guy's not a rock band. That he guy's in an acapella group. Yeah. Uh, now you for sure look like someone. Well, they could also the see band. that I had a beard in front of them. Yeah. They were you like, know. this guy They didn't rocks. have to look to a <laughs> They're website. They were like, this guy rocks. I feel like if I would have shown them my website, they would be like, mm, mm, mm. Mm, no, this we is, don't think this so. is theater. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's 100% theater. Uh, Colleen, are you familiar at all with the inductions that happen every year? No. Every year there are there's a new class of inductees that are inducted into the hall. Oh, yeah. I had a vague knowledge about that, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't know, like, who got inducted this year or last year. Ooh, dang. It was, we, it, last year or it was, year a, before that. last year it was yeah. a bad class and I, this year it was a good here's class. Here's the worst part. I do know who got inducted these last two years. Yeah. Now, Chris, I know, I could say off the top of my head who got inducted last year, no problem. And then I could, if I searched my brain, I could probably remember who got inducted two years ago. So 2019 class. Can I say it right now? Let yeah, do it. it. Okay. Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. The Cure, mm-hmm. Janet Jackson, um, uh, Def Leppard, uh, Radiohead, The Zombies, and there's one more. It is, we saw all of these, who went second? Is it someone who didn't show up? No, they performed. They performed. Oh, Roxy Music. There you go. There it is. So That's, that's a lot. Yeah, it was yeah. a big class last year and actually a pretty good one. Um, as opposed to two years ago, which was, I felt... Very underwhelming. Uh, underwhelming. And, bon- to, and to kind of let you in, Colleen, the kind of premise of this show is that Kristen does not care. Yeah, I don't care about the Rock Hall. Right. But Which, I, for now, her who to, does? But now, exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> now my brain is full of all of this stuff, and I try to keep a little spigot running at the bottom at all times, just letting the information flow out, right. so that there's always time for me to forget. So the retention here is uh, impressive. Uh, or- two years ago. Uh, Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. the Moody Blues, the Cars, um, Nina Simone, and uh, there was one more, and it was somebody. They did not show. They didn't show. Oh, the Dire Straits. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Dire Straits. Yeah, of course they didn't show. They're brothers, and they're in. They're angry. <laughs> they're not brothers in arms. They're brothers in an arms folded. Race. Brothers against arms. They're brothers yeah. in arms folded. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. That's they. They don't not wow. get along. The Knopflers. Nah. Knopfler. Uh, <laughs> But my aunt and uncle just went to see Mark Knopfler not not too long ago. Actually, whoa! What does yeah. he tour as? Does I think he's just himself. Just Mark Knopfler, Knopf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come see the Knopf. And any reports? Was it? Don't talk. No, I don't know. Is this like? <laughs> is this like with Creedence Clearwater, where he can? Does he play? Oh, he uh, must. Dire Straits songs, and and then does the rest of Dire Straits tour without him and a new Knopf? Oh, I doubt it. I okay. don't think so. Because I think if Dire Straits was still out there performing they would have shown up uh yeah that's my guess i bet that there's like a cover band or there's like some sort of bar band called like tired straights or something that's a pretty good that's Uh, a pretty good name for a cover band i bet it exists so those that's who's been inducted these last two years a whole to catch you up yeah wow three women (laughs) um and that's why was this last one so much bigger like is that precedented or is it no. just does it change every single year it it, it varies i'll but tell you one thing i was surprised 
Yeah, it varies. It it not it hasn't been seven acts since like two thousand four or something. So it, the class was just bigger, I think, because of like there were seven acts that got enough votes to like put them over the edge. Okay. And also, they should be inducting at this point ten. 15, especially if acts aren't going to show up, <laughs> you've got to pad it. Yeah, there's a lot of snubs. There's a lot of artists that should be in. There's a, a log jam in the queue of artists that should be in. So inducting more to kind of clear that out is a good idea. And you know what better year than like 2020 to just open the floodgates, <laughs> let them in. Although I guess it would be the 2019 class, right? No, it would be 2020. Oh, this was the 20. This the so this already class. was yeah. a 2019 class. Okay. Colleen... You're a musician. Do you have any thoughts about the having having a Hall of Fame that musicians and artists are inducted into? Are you conflicted? Are you in support? Never gave it much thought, actually. But mm-hmm. yeah, I th- I think it's fine. Right. It will. Sure. Why shouldn't they? To me, it's especially the because these inductions are concerts. You yeah. know, each each artist plays three or four Which songs. Which is a thing that not many people know. I mean, up until I started doing this podcast, I had no idea that these were concerts that happened every year, that there was like a big ceremony. I thought it was more like just a list that dads yeah. freaked out about every year, and then that was it. Like it's a, <laughs> like it's a press release, and then everybody moves yeah. on. And I was like, okay. Like, the have you seen Prince playing While My Guitar Gently Weeps with Tom Petty? And uh, Jeff Lynn, uh, that is no. But I remember when Avril Lavigne covered uh, (laughs) "Fuel." Was she for for when Metallica got inducted? Wait, what? Right? I don't know. I don't think so. She, yeah, I think so. Are they in there? Yeah, Metallica. Uh huh. Yeah, Avril covered "Fucking Give Me Fuel, Give Me Fire, Give Me That Which I Desire." In what, at the concert at the induction i yeah Joe, i'm pretty sure you this is this better, is something i will this is i will say unprecedented huge if true huge if true <laughs> uh if joe does not know and uh wow but from somebody who self-proclaimed does not care about I, the I, rock well uh, listen i just i'm trying to he, he does care it was oh, when no, no, they no, were for you oh do you do you care about uh, if yeah, i may no, no, if no. i may <laughs> This was at the MTV Icon God, Awards. Okay, all right. Yeah, which is a, a makes much more yeah. memorable. Having uh, Avril do that uh, is a much more MTV move than a rock hall sure, move. I just sure. like could, I, my brain exploded. <laughs> it, although, I just didn't know I, if that see, was a thing they did. Seem out of line to me because the hall likes to bring in new like if, the young artist of the moment or whatever if, if this when did metallica get in probably thinking. when avril was 2009 hyped? oh no okay <laughs> never mind if this was like you know 2003 then i'd be like yeah probably but the hall's pretty behind anyway wait what the hell's the mtv icon awards it's is, they give it to one artist a year you know is that just at the mtv is it at the vmas they give the icon award or it's a whole it's ceremony a just thing. i think it's a separate yeah. thing yeah celebrating one artist for the whole thing i think but it's like not or really it's like televised. a few i it's don't know it's probably like a special thing yeah that's like industry i just can't shit. believe that they would do an hour on mtv about metallica in 2009 that just seems yeah it definitely seems wasn't un- like a, a watchable event yeah so it's uh it's a televised it is a, it was a televised event yes. i just don't think they did it very often but it was only metallica or was they did many it for, people they did it for four years 
and how many Metallica people got was in 2003. Every, so it was just one person that yeah. did a whole hour. I mean, one here person, I'll, one I'll give you the rundown of who performed. All right. Some 41. Oh, my gosh. They played a medley of For Whom the Bell Tolls, Enter Sandman, and Master of Puppets. They would. You're <laughs> done. There's no more Metallica songs. And then, I mean, you you did. Did you not suggest 2003? Yes. Yeah, this was too. Yeah, so oh, okay. it, per, it was perfectly Avril's sweet spot. Avril and yes. Some 41, the okay. two lovebirds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so after Some 41 was stained, performing yeah. Nothing Else Matters, then Avril did Fuel, then Sad But True was performed by... Snoop Dogg. Excuse me? Which is interesting. And then Corn did one. Oh my God. Limp Biscuit did Welcome Home. Excuse Sanitarium. Me? Wow. And okay. then Metallica played. Did Incubus a few play? Like, and that was, was it. Like, that was the rundown. This was televised. I can't believe I didn't watch it. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. That's 2003. And it okay, so that to me, like, that is a year that you could do that. There were, 2009, yeah. that's not a yes. year that you could no, do that. 2003, an hour of that's like uh, commercially uh, viable. viable. Yeah, yeah that, like, absolutely. makes sense given who's at top on the charts. Uh, there are only three other MTV icons, though. Okay. Um, are any of them women? <laughs> yes. Great. Um, 2001 is, there's two, I mean, I'll give it away. There are two acts that were inducted this year. 2001. Oh, Janet was Jackson. Janet. The first time they did it was Janet. 2002 was Aerosmith. The zombies. <laughs> That'd be so funny. 2002, they did Aerosmith. 03 was Metallica. 04 was The Cure. The Cure? They did The Cure? Yeah. I mean, like, Interesting cool, list. but what? Yeah, that is, and then they were done. Yeah, The Cure. Because nobody like, was watching. Made, who performed at The Cure Icon Awards? Ooh, okay, wait. <clears throat> okay, so again, it's two, very, very 2004. <laughs> this is 2004. Okay, but we just said all the 2004 bands in 2003. Uh, is Incubus on there? <laughs> no. Um, uh, Blaze Blink 182. Yes. Blink okay. 182. Yes. Is there, uh, they played. Uh, well, they, they're homies with Robert. But what about Smith, Fall Out right? Boy? Knows that. Is Fall no, Out Boy uh, out there? Uh, AFI. Oh, okay. I don't know who Razorlight is. Excuse Who that? Who and that? Then, and then the Deftones. Wow, the Deftones! I truly, cool. absolutely forgot they existed. The Deftones are going to be playing at the Cures Festival in Pasadena. Speaking of, we should go to that. I I grabbed a ticket. You should also grab a ticket. Yeah. It's not like a seated event. Yeah, so I, I didn't yeah, feel like I had to grab the, a bunch the of things. The link, but I didn't put it in my calendar. Are I you, will. Are you familiar with that festival that's happening? I heard a little bit about it. Yeah, it's uh, what's the it cure? called? The cure for the summertime blues or something? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's no. There's called, no cure for that. Is it called Cure for the Summer? I, uh, I, you know, if you couldn't believe it, the Cure did not do a <laughs> pun <laughs> with their name. Uh, I do believe if that. If you can you're, believe that a band like The Cure gosh, would not do that. That's weird. They but missed a lot of opportunities. It's going to be The Cure and The Pixies and oh, yeah. uh, The Deftones. What's it called? Goths in the Summer? Uh, What's it called? It's called like, My Mascara It's is honestly called something like Pasadena Daydream or something. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is what it's called. Yeah. Some yeah. extremely drunk girl came into my work the other day and was telling me about it, but I wasn't really absorbing because I was a little bit scared. Yeah. Yeah. I, w I would go to that, though. I think it's going to be fun. Not if a drunk girl told me about it. But if Joe texted me about it, right. I think I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm a drunk girl for the cure. <laughs> I'll say I'll do I'll do anything a drunk girl would do for the cure, baby. Uh, Colleen, I want to know. Uh, well, I should just say uh, full stop. I asked you some artists you wanted to bring in, and then I had to tell you no to do your two top choices because we just did them. It was Blink-182 and Sublime. The Which only two like, bands I actually know anything about. Uh huh. <laughs> well, I'm and, like sorry. Which is so <laughs> wow. 
I will say that <laughs> Joe texted me and was like, Colleen wanted to do uh, Sublime and I had to tell her no. And I'm like, that is wild. Yeah. The, the, what other bands have people requested that have already been done? Is this a first? Well, we're just starting to get to the point where people are asking to do bands and I have to say no. Someone had asked to do the replacements. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. But it is funny that like Sublime is one of the first double requested bands. That's a wild. Uh-huh, of all uh, the bands that yeah thing to me um so i just i want to formally apologize on the mic oh that's okay uh but you you did end up picking an artist that i think is an interesting one to talk about uh which let's hope so yeah uh, let i mean i'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> the and it's the the band of the namesake of your hometown are you from or you just live there uh i just live there i'm not from boston i'm from massachusetts though but okay. i'm from i'm from a town like further north of boston okay but i lived there before moving to california is it the kind of thing where when people ask where you're from you say boston and then it's like when i say i'm from chicago like i i'm from the suburbs of chicago but i lived in chicago for 10 years before i moved here so it's Mm -hmm. like i am from chicago but like my origins yeah it's it's an easier shortcut yeah Totally. And it's got far less syllables than saying Massachusetts. It's a little bit less of a mouthful. I used to say just Boston, but then like people from Boston, I started meeting and they'd be like, oh, really? Where? Which neighborhood? What? (laughs) And I'd and I'd be forced to like prove myself. So I was just like, fuck that. I'm I don't have time for that anymore. Yeah, I'd rather just <laughs> take the two extra seconds and say I'm from Massachusetts. But so these assholes don't fucking jump yeah. in your throat. Jesus. <laughs> but in an article, it would be like Boston musician. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Or just yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> I would just say that at this point. Yeah, that's also uh, that's accurate. It's where you live. I've Colleen. been here for quite a while, but yeah, I'm from I'm from a rural area in Massachusetts. Uh, so tell me why you picked the band Boston. Other than the fact that I told you no twice. <laughs> well, and then I, I give you like a short list of other bands and you were like, oh, yeah, Boston works. Yeah, Boston. So I guess uh, yeah, my other choices were for sure. Yeah. Not but, yeah. <laughs> ideal. But yeah, Boston is a great band. They rock hard and they're from Boston. OK, yeah, that uh, that's a pretty good uh, thesis. Yeah. Uh, here's what I know about the band. Boston. Yeah, throw it down, Kristen. I on my way in here, I purposely don't look anything up before I come here so that this, this will be uh, informative for me as well. Um, Great. I knew I was like, I think they sang more than a feeling. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was full stop. I was like, I think that's Boston. That's the ex- You're right. And extent. I feel like sometimes they are brought. They don't sing not in love. That's 10 CC, right? Correct. Um. But that's kind of a similar sounding band, would you say? I don't say? think no? so. Okay, great. I think it's from a similar <laughs> time-ish, in a, a time in history, from a similar time in history. Yeah, sure. Matter. 20th they century. They both could be on the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that's full right. stop. That's exactly what I know about Boston. And great. that sometimes there's talk about them being inducted. Well, is you know, the buzz are they? They should be. sometimes in my mentions. There are, you know plenty of what you would call classic rock bands that are in the hall right uh and boston is kind of a foundational classic rock band like you listen to a classic rock station you're going to hear a lot of boston a lot of their songs especially from their first album are played consistently at any any classic rock station in any market right so that alone especially for who the audience of the hall tends to be they're brought up consistently as uh, a snub 
to that set, to the older dad rock set. Here's what I'm going to say right now, full stop. I would so much rather hear more than a feeling than don't stop believing. And on that alone, (laughs) it makes me like Boston. Interesting. Yeah. uh, Well, do you guys know... I mean, uh, Kristen, you don't know anything. So, Definitely. Like, this will be I, mean, I mean, I know things, just not about Boston. I think one of the things that uh, makes Boston a peculiar band is that they are not actually a band. They're a, they're a city. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> they are a city. Thank you so much. That's been the podcast. All right. Uh, so, and it was a ruse that was put together to fool CBS Records because there's this guy named Tom Scholes who is the guitar player. Are they like studio musicians who? Well, no. it's essentially so. This guy named Tom Scholes, he's the guitar player. He's also the studio whiz. He's a multi instrumentalist. In his basement for years, while he was working at Polaroid in Boston, he was just putting together songs. He was writing songs. He had a basement studio in his apartment, and it was just kind of perfecting these songs over years and then he knew this guy named brad delp who had a a really beautiful vocal range and he had him uh, lay down some vocals over these songs that he had written and then sent the demo out got a lot of rejections but eventually sent it out under the name tom scholes honestly under under the name i think something like mother's milk mother's milk yeah (laughs) oh it was like uh yeah it was not called boston just yet okay because mother's milk is a pretty like that's a tight 70s late late 60s 70s name it's like yeah it's gross as hell it's gross but that's like a straight up (laughs) that's like a fucking woodstock name it's like yeah it's like vanilla fudge mother's milk (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he was able to get a a record deal, but the record company was worried that it was just some weirdo in his basement. (laughs) They didn't want that. They wanted a band. So he was like, uh, no, 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 it's a it's a band. And then he grabbed a bunch of dudes that he knew that and they taught them to play a few songs to play because CBS was like bring the band to LA and perform for us because we don't believe that this is a band and then so he just <laughs> so he just found some guys to create Boston and they played the songs for the record company and they were like okay great make the album we want it to sound exactly like the demo but you can't record it in your basement you have to bring the band to our our why are they doing this i i'm not 100 this seems like a very weird test and it's like i don't know i i i don't understand they're like we want it to sound exactly like the demo but don't do what you did on the demo well they don't fully know i mean they have been they're, convinced that they're it's, like dubious about this guy i'm yeah and there there's also i think there were union rules that prevented uh the recording of a album distributed by cbs not at a sanctioned studio there we go okay i'm like this to me I'm like, i believe that was part of it plus it's all this these pre soundcloud i mean bedroom recordings not yeah mm-hmm. i don't know it's a bunch of like business people that don't know what like the creative process means whatsoever they're so like, they don't they don't even like get it. Yeah. They're like, the, yeah, just do the same thing, but like do it under our circumstances. Yeah. And make so we it can take bigger. credit. Yeah. And that's so we can justify our jobs. Right. I think that has a little bit to do with it as Ooh, well. The seedy underbelly of the corporate side of rock and roll. And they yeah. were like, you need one of our we will assign you a producer. 
you guys have never done anything before. We want it to sound exactly like the demos, <laughs> but we're going to make you have this producer. So they assigned this guy named John Boylan to the uh, group. to, And then this Tom guy sat down with him and leveled with him and said like, hey, well, I'm going to need you to sit on that couch over there. I'm at the boards, man. This is how it's going to be. In a sense, what he said You're was in my basement now. He was like run interference with would you be able to run interference with the label? We're going to tell them that we're recording at their fancy studio in L.A. And if if we need to give me a heads up and we will create the illusion of that. But I'm going to make the album in my basement. What? I'm just going to do the whole thing by myself in the basement. And then is he also still playing all the instruments at this point too? Yes, a lot of them. I not, think the not only all, though. the he only play drums. He did not play drums. Yeah, but beyond that, he's doing all the overdubs on the on the guitar and the bass and the keys, and he's putting this whole thing together in his basement while CBS believes that there is a band recording it in Los Angeles. And this studio time is booked out. They should have donated it to another <laughs> band that like needed a little come up or whatever. And so he he's also a little pissed because he's like, why can't you just use my demos if you want it to sound exactly like that? That's but what I'm screaming. He has, but he has I to, understand the union stuff. That, to yeah. me, that's the only thing I can get behind. I'm pro-union. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm anti-corporation, <laughs> but I'm pro-union. Sorry. Uh, so he <laughs> records, and I think Brad Delp, the lead singer, didn't even really know know that there wasn't a band it was a they were pulling the wool over everybody uh and then so he recorded the album by himself wait and then he brought brad into his basement or into the studio in la i think to his basement i think i don't know that for sure but i believe he was just like come we have this stuff uh and he knew him from being in bands colleen did you know all this in boston i knew some of it but not all that was like a deeper dive but you were like, you knew that this guy, Tom Scholz, is like a... Yeah, I knew he like played most of the stuff and he was kind of the mastermind. And he mm-hmm. like made all their pedals and made their amps and stuff that they used. He made their amps? He's also like... Yeah, a- he had a mechanical engineering degree from MIT. Yeah, he was he was a very accomplished uh, engineer and inventor. Yeah, and he he made this he, he made this amplifier that like a lot of bands the Rockman use. Yeah, the Rockman. It's called the Rockman. <laughs> yeah, sure is. Yes. <laughs> very creative. Honestly, I'm into this. And the Rockman, yeah. the the point is like it's it like bypasses an amp, right? It like essentially is an amp. It's like a small amp that you can connect directly into the board. Yeah. I want you to know I was coming into this being like, wow, Boston, whatever. And now I'm like <laughs> genuinely interested in that's very cool. That's a cool thing. He made technology too. That's among yeah. among many things. He and was, he was running a clandestine guy. operation <laughs> to outsmart the suits. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. My yeah. man Tom Schultz. <laughs> it's an it's an interesting story. Uh yeah, he he was like this mad genius, this mad scientist making these like perfect little pop songs by himself uh and then inventing <laughs> amps and shit the rock man do, do, yeah. do, so people still use it did, I think did so. it become oh, yeah. like proprietary technology like did I he get the patent wouldn't. and then i think he sold it to dunlap uh eventually but yeah have you ever used a rock man i have not i don't really use gear <laughs> You're not a gear head, gear head? <laughs> no nah, right. not really uh, I have a few things here and there, you know. What but. does the rock man do? So it like uh, 
bypasses like using an amp. Like instead of plugging your guitar into an amp and putting mm-hmm. a microphone in front of the amp, it will serve as a tiny little amp. Can correct me if I'm wrong, Colleen. That you plug your guitar into and then plug that into the board. So it's you getting. You just plug it into like the sound system. So instead of lugging like this big amp around, oh. actually, I do have a Sans amp, which is the same basic idea. Idea, yeah. Like it's just it looks like a guitar pedal, and so I don't have to lug around like a oh. huge amp. That like the sound comes out of that, so I just plug my guitar into this little pedal and then plug that into something like this into the which board, which is plugged into the sp- the big speakers in the venue or whatever. You she know? pointed then- to our board. We have a sound board. We have a very professional looking very, sound. Yeah, a lot of knobs. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of knobs. Got a lot of buttons. We know what six of them do, and one mm-hmm. of them we learned on accident is echo. Uh, and it's <laughs> so, echo. And we hey, that's the touch. best way to learn. Sometimes you plug it right in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, we could plug the rock man into this board. Oh, tight. Yeah. And Let's it, do that sometime. And then it would come through there. As as a, an amplified <laughs> guitar. Or, or, you know, whatever we're plugging into the rock man. That sounds cool. Yeah. And he, Good he, for he, Tom. Yeah, he invented yeah. a lot of stuff. But it's, it's a weird thing because especially back then, this concept of one person being the rock band was very new and... Uh, to the point where he had to keep it a secret because it would upset people. Yeah. <laughs> Too much I can talent. <laughs> but there are guys who were in Boston who were not really in Boston. No. They had like a million different members too, like over the years. It was a very like rotating cast. Oh, this is going to make the induction hard. Right. What, no, it is. Um, yeah. What, uh, um, like, were they friends at all? Did they? Well, they yeah, knew. they like Did played they in bands together and, and shit. Like it was like this guy played in that band with this guy, and that's how he knew this guy from that mm-hmm. band. It's just like, yeah, just like local of... Boston area bar bands. So in a way, the band was the city of Boston. In a way, yeah. If they if they induct Boston, I think the only person they should induct is the city of Boston. Now that's my... really the main character. I just think they should induct <laughs> everyone all that. from Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> full stop. Um, <laughs> Uh, Matt Damon. Yeah. Yes. Put him in there. That uh, works. Now, were the city bands, like, was Chicago um, around at this point? Was, yeah, like, Chicago was had been the around precedent? For yeah. Chicago already... came around in the late 60s. Okay. Um, I and... think that's why. They were just, well, it was actually that guy, John Boylan, who yes. came up with the idea. And, like, the whoever the engineer was in those sessions, they were like, oh, you just call it Boston. <laughs> Right, yeah. And they so probably were trying to like... Milk. Mother's Milk. Boy, that'd be a harder sell. So yeah, yeah they were ju- kind of jumping on the train. I think maybe Kansas, Kansas had been around Chicago. at that oh, yeah, point. Kansas too. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the like kind of... the America. America. America, the site-specific <laughs> bands. Okay, great. Yeah. So it, it to feel more like a contemporary band instead of calling themselves Mother's Milk or whatever. <laughs> that yeah. really... I mean, that is some... That really is a Woodstock name. It is. It really, it goes. It upsets me. <laughs> but yeah. Also w- the name of that Red Hot Chili Peppers album. That's yeah, correct. Mother's Milk. Which yeah. I, I read Anthony Kiedis' um, autobiography recently, and he said that Flea named the album that because his wife had just had a baby. And he was like, oh. I've been, you know, watching look at, my. Look at that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? Hey, honey, what's, co- what's coming out of there? Oh, okay. I had lunch in close proximity to Flea recently, and I texted Joe too late after I didn't get a picture of him or anything like that. But Cafe Gratitude wow. in Larchmont, there was Flea, five feet from Fleetum. 
That was me. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. (laughs) A flea could have hopped from him to me. That's how close we were. Incredible stuff. Thank you. Uh, So the hall is a weird thing, Colleen, and they don't exactly publish or make uh, public how or why artists are inducted. That was I was going to ask that. Like I was going to ask, is it like the type of thing that's like the Hollywood Walk of Fame where people can just be like, I deserve one of those and then can just pay? Not exactly. Uh, So the only criteria is 25 years after your first recording, you become eligible. Right. Like, so we're getting Wait, you into thought it was like a Golden Globe where like you could just like oh. no, start more, a whisper campaign more so not. I mean, the the deal with the Hollywood Walk of Fame is it's literally like you apply for one. If, if you pay for it, they'll give it to you. Wait, what? It, and yeah, that they like don't make that $20, a secret dollars or something. Right. Yeah. You, Wait, you just yeah. like what? Yeah, that's why. Yeah. There's no real rhyme or reason. It's literally. And again, I don't think they make it private or anything. They're just like. Yeah, if you pay us, then we'll give it to you. I mean, like, if you're famous. If you're famous. Like, you have to apply, and they're like, if you meet the threshold, then we'll we'll get one for you? Yeah, right. I think so. And that's why... Do people often do it cash? for other people? Yeah, you got the money. I got the time. I don't know if people do it for others, but it's... Uh, that's why, like, you know, there's no real... Like, Mel Brooks got one recently, I think, because it was just like, well, I guess I'll have one. It's not there's and then like Nisi Nash got one recently. What? Where it's just like if you want one, you can, I, yeah, and yeah, you're famous, you can Nash. have one. Did uh did um, okay. and then you have to pay to. Does for Elvira upkeep. have one? I guess that's my big question. Oh, I don't know if Elvira has one. Um, she, there are so I many. Okay. I, there, there's no. Wait, you also way have to, to pay for its upkeep. I'm sorry yeah, to, to our listeners, but I am intrigued. Mm-hmm. Wait, and then if you stop why, paying, is that why like take Trump's it away. I was just, yeah. star getting destroyed all the time? Does he have to pay to get it fixed? That's why it keeps getting fixed. <laughs> Probably. Good God. But I think if you decide you don't want to pay anymore, they just take it away. Really? Yeah. So because there's some old stars on that. Someone's walk paying for those to be upkept. Yeah. But let's say you don't pay for its upkeep, but maybe don't people don't tread tread on your star very often, and it's just fine. I mean, yeah, I think the upkeep costs probably aren't much, right? I mean, upkeep just in the terms of like You're keeping estate. it up there, like renting it you know out. What I mean? Oh, oh, like, a, if, like, like what I mean is, you stop paying, then like, all right, they're gonna take it out. I see. Hmm. But the, so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not like that. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> It is. There's a committee of people who come up with a list of names every year, and then that goes out to a larger body, and then they vote, and then five or seven acts get in every year. Uh, But beyond the 25-year eligibility thing, there's no real criteria for who gets into the hall. But because I suck, I have come (laughs) up with a list of criteria that I think is a pretty good measure of if an artist is going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So why don't we go through the criteria and judge Boston to see what their merits are. And let's do that after a little break. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your break was fruitful and uh, full of good fortune. Yes. That's what I hope. Full of fruit, but okay. You know what? Yes. I, we, I think <laughs> as a nation, as a culture... I think we could all stand to eat a little bit more fruit. Yeah, I hope so you I had like that. a delicious in-season piece of produce of your choosing. And also that you got a text message from someone you like. Ooh, okay. Yeah, oh. I, I, I also... I hope that happened for you. And you know, maybe they used the peach emoji. Whoa, that's that's a text message. There you go. There we go. All right, so let's go through these cr- 
criteria. Let's go through these criteria slash categories and judge Boston's worth as potential Rock Hall inductees. Mm. So I should say Boston has been eligible for the Rock Hall since the 2002 ceremony. Dang, I bet some people are annoyed that they're not in. I think so, especially if your view of rock is classic rock. So let's talk about the first category, critical acclaim. Ooh, now that's, give I, me the give me the goods on this one. Yeah, Boston is not a critics band. You would put them in the category of a people's band. A people's band. They're a populist choice. Yeah, and you know they kind of make sense in terms of uh, the hall has been pretentious in the past, but now they're starting to be more populist with bands like Bon Jovi, bands like Journey, Rush, uh, artists that they had. Uh, ignored for a long time but now they're getting around to it seemed like kiss would never get in because of uh, who was in control but you know they are yep and jan wenner he's still alive yeah who what jan wenner made a claim about his dead body uh kiss's induction (laughs) happening over it and yet jan wenner is alive has happened over his alive body yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Boston. They scores, stepped those moon boots right over his alive body. <laughs> I wouldn't say Boston scores a lot of points in the critical acclaim category. Uh, yeah. D- are they on anybody's? No yeah. Does d- does anybody? So let's let's. You're going to talk about lists. Well, yeah. Let's we'll talk be about the next, the next category thing. is classic albums. Now, now here's the thing. Colleen brought us an album, the a album. literal uh, physical vinyl album. Uh, it's a vinyl LP record. An LP record, a long play record. If I may see it. That of is course. of Boston's debut. So is this their self-titled? This is I the first it? album. And what you you could make an argument, the only album. It's the best album, Like for okay, sure. So this, every track on this album gets play on a classic rock radio. Some more than others, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I've heard every single one of these songs on classic rock radio. Okay. And we'll get, s- we'll get into oh, and they're all really the good. songs later. Okay. Well, but let this me get album, into the album cover first. Yes. It's a, uh, it's a guitar. I didn't realize it generational until I got spacecraft That's yeah. also shaped like a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> There's a city on top in the, inside this. So they're like taking no, Boston no, into space. A yeah. city? What what they're, city? I'm do you sure think it's it is? Boston, <laughs> but they're taking Boston into space. I mean, on a I, I say it's time. Maybe it's an illusion. I mean, oh, they're taking it away from Earth. Know. Earth is exploding on it. Or is Earth just a glow? Maybe they just rocked it too hard. They had to get out of there. <laughs> I don't know. I said that it reminded me of the pinball animation from Sesame Street, and that will connect with someone out there. Uh, I, I wonder don't if know. there is a Boston pinball machine. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, that would. Was, but yeah. it would be a really I good mean, one. I mean, this looks like very much yeah. of the pinball era. This is the Tommy who. This has got that kind of like. Vi- I don't know. It's got a very no, it, it, the, the vibe. brightness of it and the space theme would make for a good pinball this machine. This is 1976 sure. CBS Incorporated. Uh, so this album is was the fastest and best selling debut album of all time for a while until Appetite for Destruction. This album sold 17 million units, which makes it a diamond certified. 17 times platinum. Uh, This album was huge. This was a crazy surprise huge hit. Because I don't think CBS was expecting this brand new quote-unquote band to be uh, this massively popular. 
but this is specifically for its uh popularity and because of all those tracks considered a classic album to some now the rolling stone said or they did not put that album on their list of the 500 greatest albums of all yeah. time yeah what do you think that there's that's some elitism right there. I think so. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's a distinction. Because on also on the back, it shows all of the members. It's Barry, Tom, Sib, Bradley, and Fran. Uh, all yeah. of them have facial hair except Tom. Tom is like the clean shaven, long the MIA hair. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like a gauntness. He's got very good bone structure. Yeah. Uh, also, on the back of the record, it says, oh, boy, it's just if you're looking for something to tell you that the band in question is composed of nearly notable former members of various bands or how many jam sessions the drummer sat in on with rock superstars who are now dead or disabled or retired, forget it. So that is a <laughs> what that is throwing a punch at supergroups. Just oh. listen to the record. I see. It's going after like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. (laughs) Uh, I see. Yeah, little hanging fruit there. I mean, so uh, (laughs) this is the only thing that could even be considered a classic album. What happened after this? So, like I said, Tom Scholz spent a lot of time perfecting these songs, and then they signed a six-year, ten-album deal, which uh, back then was standard. But is a lot of records to six put out. Six years, fucked ten up. albums in six years. Yes. Can some of them just be like live albums? I, I bet, bet that's why yeah. there's so I many bet. live albums and from like this era. Greatest com- hits compilations counts and that's, stuff like that. I think that's why a lot of artists put out greatest hits yeah. albums quickly, and I think why B-side compilations and live albums were popular because these Holy record deals. Holy yeah, that's they a did lot. not fulfill that contract. By the way, yes. they did not do ten albums in six years because that's a crazy that's feat insane. that like. No one can ever do. Also, there's never going to be good. That you're not going to make good music in that amount of time. You got to let the music happen, man. Interesting. Again, it's the creativity. (laughs) It's the creative people versus the business people. And like, how long had Little Tommy been in his basement toiling away at these like masterpiece songs or whatever? Literally, like five or six years. And then they're like, okay, cool, do that ten times in six months. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So there was a lawsuit. Uh, because he did not fulfill his contractual obligations, a lawsuit that he did win. But, uh, yeah, CBS was very mad because it took him a long... The the follow-up to this debut album, Don't Look Back, was 29 minutes because (laughs) he felt so rushed and they needed to put out an album. And it still took, like, maybe two or so years which was a long time especially if you're trying to fulfill that contract oh my god and then the what one happens if you break that contract do they get some money get from you you get sued but then uh you know he was able then to the fight judge it. is like uh-uh that was they, a crazy yeah. thing to ask them in the beginning i think i think he won that especially because the record company started withholding royalties from him which is something you cannot do but their thinking was he's not fulfilling his contract and we need him to get to work on the next album we'll keep the money that is owed to him which is a very sneaky assholes yeah that's uncool not cool bro hey man uh so really i mean the kind of classic era of boston was only three albums over the course of 10 years now if i may 
Yes, please. So are we going to move to the songs? Yes. Uh, yes. Let's let's do that. So iconic slash recognizable songs on this album, side one. I can sing all three of the side one songs, which is more than a feeling. Which uh-huh. is like more than a feeling. Yep. Um, and then peace of mind is like I don't know. Kind of the same song. Yes, Boston's good, sound. Kind of the same Boston's song. sound is consistent to the point of maybe being a little repetitive. Yes, because long time foreplay. I was singing to myself during the break before you really thinking, knew what it was, not even knowing that that was the name of the song. But that is probably the one that I like the most because it's a. And I'm taking my time. Yep. I'm just moving along. has a very good breakdown that's a great breakdown yeah and, and the, the 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 foreplay part is like this really long like organy uh intro pass uh, <laughs> that's the first song he wrote too he wrote it like in the late 60s and it's it that's a mother's milk classic yeah. Yeah, right. okay So side one, that's like you put that on a party, you just let her go. Like yes. no problem. Every songs that everybody knows. Now uh, we move on likes. to side two. Yes. And the first song is rock and roll band. Does it go like this? Uh oh. <laughs> um we're a rock and roll band. Yes. Wow. Kind of. <laughs> Wait, really? I was just guessing. Uh, <laughs> like, so I'll, I'll play if you band, want. Everybody's waiting. Getting crazy. Anticipating love. Oh, and music. Okay, I don't know uh, that one. I'll play, I'll play that for it, you. But at the end, will you just play the breakdown from a uh, long time? Just when we're done with all the songs. Yeah, for sure. All right, so this is rock and roll band. That's the same song. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I don't know that I've ever heard that song. Okay. It's that's a staple of classic rock. Okay. And the next the is next song smoking. is smoking. Wait, does it go like I was about to sing "Slow Ride" to the tune of "Smoke"? Smoking. No. <laughs> Take it easy. I think you. I think does you might like know. <laughs> I think you might know this one too because this is another classic. I rock I also was staple. about to sing it to the tune of "Foolin'." Smoking. No. Oh, I do know this song. Yeah. Yes, I have definitely heard this song. This has a more. This one is this a little more. This one's got a boogie woogie step yeah, to it. Yeah, so they can get a little more experimental. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then the other ones. Hitch a, hitch a ride is not hitching a ride. That's dragging the line. I know. Wow. <laughs> no, hitch a ride. Uh, I'll, I'll, which I'll, I'll play this. Now, now we're starting to get into the ones that are deeper cuts, but I still have heard on the radio. You'll, you'll hear Hitch a Ride is my favorite song, I think, on this album. Oh, I have definitely also heard this. Great, album. yeah. 
It's uh, this one is a little more acoustic. Doesn't have that like space uh, guitar sound that like a lot of the other ones have. Why do you like this song so much? Hitch a ride. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think it's a really beautiful song. I think it's well. I thought it was about. So I thought for a long time that Brad Delp wrote the lyrics since he's the, he's the singer. Right. I just realized that like that's not true, but like <laughs> I think he ended up he did maybe he wrote one of these. Okay, well, so Brad Delp the singer committed suicide a few years ago, and so after that happened, like listening to Hitch a Ride after that event, I was just like, "Whoa, this guy was like super sad," and I just like assumed that song was about like dying. Yeah. And oh. like, so it kind of like, to, I don't know. I just think that song is like a really, really beautiful song and it's like kind of sad mm-hmm. and yeah. And, and a little, a little bit of a departure for the sound because the yeah, first Yeah, very different sound. It five... definitely does not sound like side one. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Delp did write the last track, which we'll get to in a second, but Something About You is after Hitch a Ride, Something right? Something About You. There are probably that's a, a, another really big hit too. Let me take you home tonight. Mm-hmm. Wait, but how does something, something about, about you? you go? Is, here we go. This is not peace of mind. No, you're positive. Uh huh. Okay. I don't care. I mean, like yeah. that's that's peace of mind. Okay, so I've not, I don't know that I've ever heard something. It's about a formula you. that works. Yeah. And then, so Brad Delp did did write "Let Me Take You Home Tonight," which is, go, is "Let Me Take You Home Tonight." That was yeah. so close. Oh no, but I, that, that's how no, it no, 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 no. I was singing "Take, take me, me Home Tonight", tonight. by. Oh, um, but like you got a shockingly close. The cadence close. was pretty on yeah. point. Here, here's right. "Let Me Take You Home Tonight." Oh, oh! I have heard this song before. This is a nice song. It's great. This is a very nice song. Sweet, yeah. And this is another different one. Hitch a ride and let me take you home tonight. Have a similar. Those like, are the softer like, ones. Softer, yeah. More toned down vibe. And I think let me take you home tonight actually does have the band on it. Like it has those dudes on the on the back of the album, uh-huh. as opposed to the other tracks, which only I think. Foreplay Long Time I think has some of those guys on it but other than that like it's all Tommy Boy good old Tommy and the drummer play the end of the that drummer, guy Sib. with a huge afro Sib Haitian at yeah. plays drums on it pretty Sib much Sib is like crushing it as far as the looks are concerned he's number one uh, they all got strong looks Barry's in a different band I feel like <laughs> Barry has really tried to uh, appropriately milk the Hell yeah. his association with Boston and was like hanging <laughs> hanging out with Mike Huckabee, uh, who oh. was using more than a feeling for one of his campaigns. And uh, Tom Scholz got really mad and wrote a pretty uh, strongly worded letter where he was like, "Good for you, Tom." It was interesting that you uh, use the song "More Than a Feeling" with a guy who basically was not in Boston and certainly didn't play on that song uh, and isn't in it in the band now in any incarnation. And uh, also, I don't like you. And <laughs> nothing uh, that you do with your politics agrees with anything like, that I like. Literally, you could cut Barry out of this picture and it would not. It would be so easy. Uh, so their follow-up did have a few. red? Yeah, he's wearing red. <laughs> Everybody else is wearing black with just a little dash of white on Brad. That's the, good for him. The follow-up to their uh, self-titled was a album called Don't Look Back, which the title track 
you might recognize because this is another song that gets played a lot. Don't look back. Yes, again, <laughs> you keep was nailing just it. Doing, I'm not in love. But all right, your, your, well, your instincts are good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen. I have definitely heard this song. Yeah, this one gets played a lot. This song is on the radio at points. I couldn't tell where the words don't look back in this. It's like in the it's like one of those songs where it's like the first thing they say. Wow, that's got some this is some Boston ass. Uh and then also from that record is More a, than a fe- I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, is a song called Feeling Satisfied, which uh, also gets a decent amount of play. I don't think I've heard this song. Uh, feeling, the beginning of Feeling Satisfied sounds almost identical to the beginning of Rock and Roll Band. So here's the beginning of Feeling Satisfied. And here's the beginning of Rock and Roll Band. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, it's literally the same chord, almost the same. Is that uh, a known thing? Does everybody talk about that? No, I don't think those songs are big or important enough for okay. people to really point it out. All right. But yeah, that's kind of the thing about Boston is you don't maybe fully know what the song is uh, until 30 seconds in. Uh, unless you really I, know the song. Yeah, I, I think of it as like thinking about them in the abstract. I'm like, which one? But then like when you're listening to an album, like it's clear yeah. which one is which. Mm-hmm. But I also like that. Like I love it when bands have such a distinct sound that like you could hear it anywhere and be like, oh yeah, this is Boston. Well, yeah. and also that's like what you like about it. You know, if you like a band's sound, that's what you're looking for is more of that thing you mm-hmm. like. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's a little bit of like, yeah, that guitar sound is so specific and is so Boston, mm-hmm. but you also want with a band, ideally, like a little bit of variation, right? Or like a little bit of evolution. Yeah, you have two yeah. soft songs. The hooks are different. You have Hitch a, Hitch a Ride and Let Me Take You Home right. Tonight. Well, one of their else softer, is more than a feeling. One of their softer songs uh, was on their third album, it was a song called Amanda, which went oh, to I've, number I've one. Heard of that, this song. is this. What's interesting about this song is like it. This. It went to number one. It was their most popular song, technically chart wise. Amanda. No, <laughs> you said you knew it. You. No, I, I've, I've heard the other it before, one? but I, I yeah. could not tell you what it is. Uh, but this is not a song that gets played anymore. It's not. On the, does, it doesn't show up on the radio anymore. Yes, I definitely have heard this. One. I remember this song came out in the eighties, maybe. Yes. Yeah, I remember as a young child hearing this song. That's how how far their the scope of their influence goes, though, because you said you had no idea anything about Boston whatsoever. Yeah, but you knew at least but six you songs, could, right? You, yeah, you like knew all the songs. You even yeah. you just sang along to Amanda. Oh, I knew Amanda definitely <laughs> and for sure. Well, that's Amazing. I mean I. I always know more than I think I do. Right. Yeah. And I always know more than Joe thinks I do. Uh, do <laughs> we believe or think that any of those songs made it to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs list? If one of them deserves it, in my opinion, it is Long Time. Because that song kicks ass. Long Time is not. Uh, they do have a song. Like, which song do you think? Because it's more than a feeling. Right. 
Uh, what number do you guys think it is on the list of the 500 greatest songs of all time? Rolling Stone is like 2004. 472. Colleen, what do you think? 378. Guys, More Than a Feeling by Boston. Number eight. Is number 500. (laughs) I was going to shout it. I'm I'm good at this. And then when they they updated it for 2010. It's off. It got knocked off. Yeah. But that is, I I think it is a fun distinction if you were number 500. I was going to say that, but I felt it a little too outlandish. Yeah. That's perfect. That's exactly right. What is more outlandish than taking a guitar spaceship up into the galaxy? (laughs) To save only the city of Boston from the exploding Earth. I don't know. Though I'm wondering it's now because these spaceships. other spaceships have other cities in them, but maybe they're they're all just carrying the city of Boston. Maybe different neighborhoods. Oh no! Look, they do have different cities in them. Yeah, everyone's got to escape on the rock ships. They <laughs> they Chicago in that one. Yeah. Kansas and the other. One. The prophecy was foretold <laughs> in the year 1976. We will rock too hard. We will we'll rock so hard. The core of the planet that each city <laughs> will have to designate a rock band to fly a spaceship. <laughs> Okay, so the next, <laughs> the next. That's like a totally a movie script that got sold. Oh yeah. The next category is commercial success, which uh, they were like, "Does this count as one of our mandatory albums?" Right? Can we? This can we just script. Have a yeah, sci-fi script. All right. The next category is commercial success, which we talked about. Like that first album is it's one a of the diamond baby most popular uh selling albums of all time and then diminishing returns after that but you know the the next few still reached platinum if not multi-platinum i think the next one was seven times platinum so they were very very popular and they're still very popular and they're uh even with the small amount of records uh, still one of the highest selling groups of all time no doubt about it Really? Wow. I mean, I, they really they they took me by surprise. They take you on realize. a little bit of a ride. Uh, I hitched a did ride. Did you hitch into space? Uh, next category is longevity. Uh, they had about ten years, seventy six, and then Amanda. That third album was about eighty six, and that was kind of their last gasp before you know. Then, you know, Tom Schulz takes a long time to make his records. The next one was like 94, and it's over for bands like Boston. Oh, By my the time goodness. You're I'm trying to imagine era. Boston putting a band, a, a record on 94. Yeah. Uh, anything, did it go, did, no. did anybody, do you know no, anything from please. it? Did you listen to it for uh, research? Yeah, I did not listen to anything from that. Uh, I might know a song or two because I think it might have made the greatest hits album, which I listened to a lot when I was in eighth grade. And Boston was my favorite band in eighth Wait, grade. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, for what sure. A Hell dork. Yeah. And then I discovered other bands. <laughs> that was probably... and that was the end of that. <laughs> wow. But I do How have a soft Boston spot. How did Boston become your favorite band? Was heard... your dad really into no. Boston? No, or were I you heard... just into classic rock. Radio? I was into classic rock radio, and I heard more than a feeling, and I was like, "What is this?" And then it was like, "These guys have more songs. I'm into it." That's and awesome. I'm thirteen. <laughs> Wow, eighth grade. I'm like, who was my favorite band in eighth grade? I loved CC Peniston, that and Arrested Development. The Hell band yeah. Arrested Development. Arrested Development's pretty great. Yeah, were, awesome. And maybe like K Seven. All right, that's an interesting mix. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the CDs that I owned in eighth grade. Yeah, I think those were like the first three CDs that I purchased. Well, well, and well. then Green Day Dookie. Uh, Colleen, do you remember the first albums you purchased slash who you were into in eighth grade? Uh, in eighth grade, I was completely obsessed with Sublime. 
Yeah. yeah. They're my favorite band. Since I was 11 years old, they were my favorite band, and I was completely obsessed with them and didn't really... I listened to other stuff that was like on the radio or whatever, but like... That's yeah, so I was dark for an 11-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Their music... <laughs> I thought it was quite sprightly. Yeah, but they're like... They, they package it... They package it in a, in a in bouncy a bright, sunny package. package. Yeah. That's a, that's a dark, dark stuff it's a dark place. Wrong have, way? Come on. Have you guys heard there is a cover of Doing Time out there right now it was released very recently by whom by sublime with rome no (laughs) well they do a cover every night uh (laughs) lana del rey really fuck that i'm intrigued i'd like to know she would who told her to do that (laughs) damn uh i heard it on the radio she bought her hollywood star (laughs) yeah she will uh, I don't mean I have nothing against Lana Del yeah. Rey, but that's I also don't know much about Lana. Same. Uh, yeah, she did a she did a cover of Doing Time that came out very recently. Wow. Yeah, Lana. Wow. What I'm I I mean I I'd be interested to hear what that's that's all about. It sounds like what you would think it would sound like. Yeah. When yeah. I heard it, uh, my, my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. A little bit breathy. I was like, this is this Lana Del Rey, and yep, wow. sure was. Next category is innovation slash influence. Now. The influence, I don't really know if there are... Me and my girl. I was trying to think of how that song goes, and I remember. We got a relationship. Aaron Neville did a cover, too. It sounds... I mean, I have always thought that the way he sings relationship is very Neville-y. He's probably a huge Aaron Neville fan. A Neville. Guy had good taste in music. I mean, what, Bradley Noel? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds close to Aaron Neville. Meatball. Noel Neville, come on, guys. <laughs> All right, we're talking about Boston. I think Tom Schultz like has a lot of influence. I mean, yeah, I think Boston definitely has a long-standing influence. But elaborate. Maybe Tom Schultz should just be in the. Well, no, you can't discount Brad Delp because he's like one of the best singers in yeah, history. He's a great rock singer. He's a really great rock singer. You're, yeah, you're right. About, I just can I for a second. I've been holding and looking at this album the whole time since we started talking about Boston and. It, it's really helpful to me as a visual aid to yeah, get into this. Sure. But I do love that at the very bottom it says warning all rights reserved. Unauthorized duplication is a violation of applicable laws. And I'm just thinking about the time when people were really worried about people <laughs> like duplicating these vinyls. And I'm thinking about where we are now How with like streaming. <laughs> it's what a quaint time. Yeah. Gosh. I think Shoals were and by extension Boston were innovative especially with like that gear that he made but i yeah. i it, when we think about influence uh I it's would, a time be, capsule to me like it's i don't not know necessarily... how many bands that in in artists that came after them that you can draw a specific influence from boston guitarmonies okay go go ahead go, go they, off like <laughs> were well he was like a pioneer in in just like guitar harmonies because he was really uh-huh. into like classical music and stuff too right Okay, that's, and like actual like musical, like theory, right? So he was incorporating those influences into rock, and and you think yeah. that who has a I mean, Boston I'm influenced. Influence I'm influenced by them. Whenever I am trying to write guitar riffs, and I want like a nice little harmony on on a guitar, layer line, it up. Uh huh. I'm always like, what would Boston do? Okay, oh. that's great. Direct influence. You've See, seen it. Straight. I think. Uh, the I think time has been pretty good to Boston, in in the sense that 
They were I the poster boys for corporate rock in in the in the days of their success. They were the uh, you know the slick uh, rock and roll record was not something that was very cool to do in the age of punk. You know, Foreigner, Boston, Journey. These were not cool bands because they were produced like. It, it, it down to a science. Yeah. Whereas the cool thing was to be the Ramones or to be the Sex Pistols or, uh, and be messy and, and raw and, and li- feel alive, right? Mm-hmm. But when I think, and also I think as they, uh, as Boston has been discovered to be just this one guy, I think that was not a cool thing, but is a cool thing now. It's certainly more ubiquitous now. Yeah, when you think of like, I mean, I was thinking like LCD sound system, right? It's just one guy, and we love it, right? It's yeah. like a, it's a, considered to be an achievement, and I think with time we can kind of look at what Tom Schulz did as a similar kind of achievement. Although the music is, you know, has that cheese factor that uh, I think hurts it. Yeah, I I think that like the idea of Boston has you know been treated well by time, but I don't think that the the music I to, like I said it feels like a time capsule. Like you hear you this music and from. you are like that is that time. It's like some music from the eighties that is just like well okay we, I know when we are you know uh, this right, is yeah. like very late seventies music yeah which I love yeah. right uh, and. It's okay to love now, but I, I guess what I meant was we are at a point now, especially I think there's something with uh, being okay with pop music right now. It, we've come around on that. Yeah, yeah. We're not hating on it the way that we used to. Yeah. But I, think I so. also, the, you know, there's going to be a backlash again. Maybe. There always will. The pendulum will always swing. But, but right yeah. now we are embracing, like, it's it's very chill and cool to, like, Taylor Swift. And Carly Rae Jepsen. And Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, that is accepted and not uh, lame. Yeah. To appreciate pop perfectionism. I, I still think it's lame, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas, like, it, like, to like Britney Spears back in the day was kind of lame and i guess what i mean is like now people are owning it yeah and like it's okay now to own that you like boston or like that you like electric light orchestra you know bands that were not cool to like back in the day is kind of how i feel agree if i may be so wild uh all right does (laughs) the last category does my mom know them and the answer is definitively absolutely yes yeah Yeah, my mom probably has seen boston in concert I went and saw Boston with my parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, Brad Delp was still alive, mm-hmm. but they were so bad. Aww. They were awful. Why? Uh, Where'd you see them? Because Tom couldn't play all the ba- all the wow. instruments at once. No, I don't know what it. I mean, it was the set list was bad. It was long stretches of stuff from their new album, Corporate America. Oh no. <laughs> And it was just like not, they weren't super dynamic or exciting. They were just, they felt old and the songs were not great. And were old. They were, oh, yeah. And they're older now. Yeah. And they keep getting older oh, as boy. the seconds tick by. Truly. And Delp couldn't hit the notes anymore. So there was someone else there kind of like helping him. There were like Aww. two singers. It was, yeah, it was uh, it was very underwhelming. And how long wow. ago was this? 
This would have been 2003, 2004, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, Not So 15 recently. plus years ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did your you, parents think, though? I think they were like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They were kind of going for me. The oh, the weird uh, the weirdo. I mean, they were also like, "This could be fun," but you know, yeah, they're not cute. they're not one of their bands. That's uh, very cute that your parents took you to a Boston yeah, concert. Yeah, I was cool. Two thousand three. Yeah, I was very cool. Uh, I I would assume your guys's moms would know the band Boston for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. they passed that test uh, quite well. Let's do the verdict. Should Boston be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will they be inducted? And if so, when? We'll start with Kristen. Oh, wow. This is a weird one for me because I have come to really appreciate and enjoy Boston through this conversation, which is good. But I think we're through it. In my opinion, we don't need to be clearing out this era of music, um, knowing that uh, he had innovation as far as like um, like technology is concerned, etc. Makes me think that perhaps you put in Tom Scholes um, in some kind of side category. I don't know, but to me, I don't think we need Boston in the Rock Hall. I think they could get in, uh, but I I I don't know. I don't think we. I like them, but <laughs> nah. I, I, yeah. Um, uh, I think that they might get in, but that it just depends on which way the hall goes. I think right now we're really at a crossroads. After 2018, it's almost like you'd say this could happen it's like, realistically. And then after 2019, it's like maybe we're going away from yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. It's like right now we're either headed into the 80s solidly moving forward, trying to get different types of band, trying to get more um, diversity uh-huh. of music in the hall. This is a real, this would be a real throwback. I feel like if they got in, it would have to be in the next five years because otherwise I don't think then we'll it's like, by. then it's like, then, then it's, then it's passed them well, by. I don't know if you, you do not recall the <laughs> Sinister no. Six. Uh, oh. But I believe Boston was on there. Was it? Yeah. Oh, and the I reason, know Foreigner was. Yeah. The reason that list, the Sinister Six, which were the six artists I were worried that if they showed up on the ballot, they would get in immediately. Uh, and one of the reasons why I was upset <laughs> was because we were coming off of 2018. We were coming off of Bon Jovi and the Moody Blues and Dire Straits, and it felt like, okay, is next year it's going to be just Foreigner, Boston, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but after 2019, I'm a little, I've softened on that stance a little bit because we had such a good year. So if next year it ended up being something like uh, you throw in a Foreigner with still other good bands, I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not mad. I won't be mad <laughs> if Boston gets in, but you know how I, I really want just only women to be inducted for the next do, couple of years. I, I think that. that'd be pretty chill. That would be cool with me. All right, Colleen, what do you think? Should they, will they? I think they should. Yeah. Just judging on like the other people that have been in there. Um, I think Boston has a legacy and if we're talking about rock and roll, like, they're, they have probably one of the most recognizable songs in rock and roll history. And whether it's like pop or commercial or, or, or what, <laughs> you have to admit that it's a fucking amazingly well-written song. There's yeah. a reason why, like, there's a reason why this shit is so popular. Like, critically acclaimed or not, 
there's a reason why it's so popular and it's still so popular like today right like 30 plus years later it manages to still connect because it's with good people. yeah because it's good yeah and yeah i mean more than a feeling alone like i think that's one of the the best and like most well-written songs not to mention that it's a song about music like and about how amazing and like touching the experience of music is mm-hmm. and i think that i think that they deserve it it would be a fun way to open a ceremony. Sure. Like if they could kick ass though, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Right. Like we do know now that they do not kick ass and they are missing their yeah. lead, lead Vox. Um, yeah. You need him in there. So you think they should, do you think they will? I have no idea. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I am split. I'm pretty torn about Boston when it comes to my verdict. On some level, the thirteen-year-old <laughs> this in heavy me, weighs the crown. <laughs> uh, wants the thirteen-year-old Joe is like absolutely get him in there. Why aren't they in? I they they weren't a band, which is you know the the ruse of it all. I don't know if that affects me much. I do think it's funny. They have a song called Rock and Roll Band where they talk about like playing in bars. And some of the lyrics in that song are very bad. I believe they rhyme bars with Cadillac cars, which is (laughs) very silly. But that song is a fantasy. And it it sounds like it's autobiographical, (laughs) but it's not uh, because they did not do that. Should they? I don't know. Will they? Wow, Joe, this is a <laughs> I this know. is a milk toast, this is a wishy washy. What's happening here? I think they are Make very Make the hard choice I here, buddy. I did it. I think they're so low on that priority list. I just don't think and and when it comes to these types of bands, I I want to I just want to put them in the lower tiers of this decade. And yet there is no way to do that. The hall is for all. It's only one hall. I have a final thought. <laughs> is that a poem? <laughs> yes, please. Like who cares? Wrapping it all up in a bow. It doesn't matter if Boston gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or not, because they rock. You know, we know that. Stop them from rocking. Yeah, it doesn't change the fact that they rock hard. Okay, right. You know what? That helped me, Colleen, (laughs) because I think Tom Scholz would care. Right. Yeah. I think if Tom. I think if Tom Scholz was inducted, Boston was inducted. I think it would. I think it would mean a lot to Tom Scholz. Which has turned me into saying, oh, I whoa, think Boston wow. should be inducted. I thought it was going to go the other way where he's like, you're right. Who cares? They don't need to be in. That's well, also, obviously the bands care. That's one of the reasons why I really enjoy the induction ceremonies is you get to see acknowledgement for these bands and you get to see that it really matters to them. And I think not that's... Not Dire Straits, though. That's, no, they... No. And although some of them did show up and it did matter to them, but yeah. it was not Knopfler, so who gives a shit? Yep. Uh, will they get in? I, get, I think, Kristen, you're right. If it doesn't happen in the next 10 years or something, it's hard to envision it ever that's happening. That's it. Uh, I mean, they're still trying to go back and clear out some doo-wop groups. I mean, we are... I just... Yeah, I, I, don't I mean, see I, I think the that's over. I think being... doo-wop is probably yeah. over, but like, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about if they get inducted. Who do they induct with Boston? I Every mean, like, single person who ever played on an album, fight me. I don't care. Put them well, all in. Well, here's here's the deal, Kristen. Uh, there are members of the band 
quote-unquote, who didn't really play on an album. So that's where it gets tricky. No. Brad no, it does. and Tom. You definitely induct Brad and Tom. Mm. But like, Kristen, so you say you don't care, put them all in, whatever. But like, if someone like Barry Goudreau, who didn't really... I don't want Barry in, though. He's the one I don't want. Barry's who, wearing red. He's out. Yeah. Or the bassist, bassist or whatever, who didn't really play on that album. Fran? Yeah. Do they get in? And I say no because they didn't really play on this album. What does it mean to like put each individual member in? You can't just put the band Boston, like the idea of the band of Boston, quote well, unquote. The individual members, the individual members uh, get a tr- statue. Also, you know? no, just put the idea of the band of Boston in and give a little statue to Tom and give one to like Brad's mom or something. Right. Well, that's and, I guess that's the thing is like, who do you to Matt Damon and ben, ben Affleck as well? I'd be okay with giving it to this drummer because he played on those albums. Sib, Haitian, and he's got the best afro on the album. But I think you stop it there. I don't think you give it to those other guys. Even he didn't play on every. You think like, just he, those he three was guys replaced, though too eventually. Eventually, but he yeah, played on those right? first two albums. You think yeah. just those three guys though? Nobody so. else? No, because they didn't. They weren't. They were part of the fake band. They weren't part of the real band. Okay. So I, think I mean, I really have no, um, you know. Well, you could n- pretend. No skin in this. I Yeah, but I just mean like I don't want to. I <laughs> Here's a hard question. Who inducts them? Oh, my Who gosh. Gives the that is, I forgot that that's a question. Oh, to uh, honor them and induct them at the Avril ceremony. Avril Lavigne. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I tried to look up like who has done covers of Boston songs. Alana Del Rey. That's Sublime. <laughs> covered Sublime. Um, <laughs> Has anybody covered any Boston songs? It'd be pretty hard Live, to. I guess Keith Urban occasionally okay. does some Boston songs. You know, honestly, that would be a straight up hall move. Billy to... Joel played More Than a Feeling once at Fenway oh Park <laughs> a long time ago. Aww, there just weren't a lot of covers trouble. when Thanks, I was Billy. I was checking out setlist.fm uh, to see who had covered Boston songs. I also, I dug up when uh, VH1 made a list of the 100 greatest hard rock artists, and it was a TV special, and I watched a Boston segment. Hard rock? Because Boston were on, they were on that list. They do rock hard. Uh, they do rock hard. They do rock hard, but, but they're I do not, not like, think that they're hard rock. It's interesting because that list is mostly like, it's I like ACDC, Metallica, sure. you know, Guns N' Roses, Van Halen, and then, yeah. At the time, though, like, they did, they were considered hard rock. They were heavy. Like, even so Kiss. Funny. Like, mm-hmm. you hear Kiss today, and they were considered, like, the most satanic, like, dark band in the world, but their songs are so poppy. Can we, for just a moment, talk about the term hard rock? Why, where, how? I it's think like it's, in to, our to me, so you can headbang to like, it. I think hard rock. Well, and like the hard rock cafe. Like how how did that start? I mean, maybe that's just another episode. That's a well, side episode. You know, there's someday, a but. there's a fork in the road, and it's hard rock on one side and soft rock on the other. Which is not with a rock and really roll in the middle, so right? Funny. What do you mean? Like, like we don't really talk about hard rock anymore. No, because there have been better terms coined like heavy metal and like yeah. we've gotten and more, more specific. specific. Yeah, it's yeah. like branched so off into many subgenres. Soft rock also, that used to be such a freaking burn and now it's like, yeah. and that was also a format, a radio station format, but yes. uh, do stations still say? I think they your, call it easy listening. Yeah, we're mm. your place for soft rock at the office. Right. Yeah. 
Wow. I think it's light rock or easy listening. He's an easy Seals listening. and Crofts. Uh, music you can music you, you can fall asleep you through to. your work day. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, exactly. Like keeping you happy through your work day. <laughs> music that your boss won't get angry at. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Interesting. Uh, well, think about like rock and roll. Like when rock and roll first came about, it was like Chubby Checker and mm-hmm. Jerry Lee Lewis and stuff like that, where you wouldn't really call that hard rock. But then, so when like people like this is like, the a hardest lot of rock and shit. Ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, watching that special, they do. There's a lot of talking heads of uh, artists talking about. Oh, okay, I was that. like, they are not hard rocky. <laughs> no, <laughs> talking so heads are Boston fans. There's yeah. a lot. So it's like yeah, it's basically like a very quick documentary, or you know, where they're you know how those VH1 list yes, shows are. They love a package. There's someone who talks about like oh you know. The person who talked about liking Boston, the production of that first album the most, was Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi. Nice. Oh, which I guess I could. That they could were, be. You could get Richie or John. Yeah. to do it. And, and I kind of see and that's a line actually the natural. That's a very natural of like fit. a of a heavier guitar sound with pop perfection. I guess Bon Jovi. That is that. That to me that. I think that's it. I can't uh, think of who else. Billy, Billy Corgan was another one, which Why? was interesting. But I could kind of, I could kind of see that. Yeah, because he, uh, some of those Smashing Pumpkins uh, records are very precise and intricate. Uh, and then also, weirdly, Slash, Slash was said something like, "Yeah, they were good." It was like a They're very good. brief yeah. thing. Also, I don't want to see Slash give a speech ever. <laughs> I don't know. I bet I was bet... he good when he accepted the award. I don't think he. I no. think he talked for like three seconds. No, he was like, "I didn't want to come here, but I, my wife yeah. told me it's for the fans." <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, like, guys. I would not. What's a three-song set that Boston would side play? Side one, album one, side one, I full so. stop. Played in that order. More or than no, a play, feeling. Played it. Peace actually, of mind. Foreplay, long time. Actually, play it. In the opposite, start with foreplay long time because yes. it starts with the organ. Uh-huh. Then play peace of mind. Then finish on more than a feeling. Then the crowd is like, "Yes, we love it." Or just play side one of the album if they're not doing a good job live. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I would say if they do a fourth song, maybe rock and roll band. I think they got to they got to play rock and roll band. Yeah, that's the most like. I once again do not remember to just how like the rock and roll finish band it out. Goes. You know, because it sounds just rock think of one of their other band. songs. Everybody's playing. <laughs> I that's the one that crazy I didn't know that much. Anticipating. Okay. Uh, in a rock and roll band. But then I think about who would be playing those songs, and it's like Tom, yeah. and then a bunch of ringers, which makes me feel sad, but. But I love, I mean, a ringer is a ringer for a reason. So if they're doing good, hey, man, I'm ring, cool for it. Ring loud and Ring-a-ding-ding, baby, do it. I mean, it's not like something with like the monkeys where it's like somebody else entirely wrote their songs and they're just up there like yeah. kind of, it's a puppet show. Like at least he wrote all the songs and like if, yeah, if it's you, still his. If like, you've got Tom up there, it's yeah. it's worth it. That's I mean, enough. a lot of bands just had one songwriter and then the rest of the guys were just like, okay, you... Can you play that? They were like, okay, you play that. Although it is it is a shame that that uh, without Brad, because yeah. his voice is so distinctive yes. and, and iconic uh, and connected to their sound so Definitely. much, and also very difficult that he you know took his own life. Yeah, that's hard. Sealed himself in his bathroom with charcoal grills. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really uh, horrifying. A... Wow. Yeah, it's sad. And oh then my goodness! I think his... that's also like elaborate. I did not. I yeah. mean, I yeah. wouldn't have thought to two, do I think two girls had yeah. to drag them in there. It's what? It's a, duct tape the door shut. Yeah, complex. And I think Brad Delph's wife tried to sue Tom Scholz 
saying that like it was uh, their relations in the band that led to that, which is an unfair oh thing goodness. to do. Well, uh, and that did not go anywhere. But that is a uh, yeah. Wow. Heavy Sorry, stuff. didn't mean to g- bring it on down. Well, hey, Colleen, thanks and for on that. Note. Thanks for doing this show. <laughs> that will that will do it for uh, this episode. Thank you for uh, being here, Colleen. Thanks for having me. Uh, let the people know where they can find you online and where they can purchase your music. Yes. Uh, you can find me, I don't know, just Google me, Colleen Green. Find your Twitter, Spelled find your like Instagram. Yeah, Colleen Green 420 on the social meds. Uh, and then you or have... check me out in a city near you this right. June and July. Oh, great. Full uh, US tour. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, you, you've got music that people can purchase online. and Sure. Uh, yeah. Bandcamp, ColleenGreen.Bandcamp.com, or you can visit my label's website, HardlyArt.com. Awesome. And Colleen, yeah. a great musician. I'm a fan. Thanks. Uh, you can contact us, RockHallPod at gmail.com, That's at RockHallPod on Twitter. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and review us, five stars only. Uh, if you're leaving a review because of this episode, say... I. I'm in a bad headspace. I cannot how get about, a good one. <laughs> say, say uh, how about them apples? In yeah, that sounds, I like Boston. that. Thank you. Phew. Uh, I was like, I am going to reference a suicide <laughs> in some way, and I can't. Yeah, right. Whoops. <laughs> uh, thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo. Yusu Kim for the music. Thank you to Future Rock Legends for all the information. Thank you to Joey Devine for the equipment. Thank you to Chad Briggs and James Patterson for us uh, taking over my apartment that I share with them to record Yay. this episode. Uh, thanks again, Colleen. I'm Joe Quazala. I'm Kristen Stutter. And who cares? About the Rock Hall. Hi, everyone. We're your beer-drinking babes. I'm Ashley. And I'm Nagy. And we're from Rock Candy Podcast. Every week, we bring you a story from the world of music while drinking thematic beers. Did you ever wonder how much Charles Manson inspired the music you love today? Did you know that Joy Division and New Order are virtually the same band? Are you aware of how weird Kesha really is? Like how she had sex with a ghost? Do you also not understand what Post Malone is? Because we don't. Well, we got you covered. Behind the Music isn't around anymore, but we're here to pick up the slack. And be a little drunker. Yeah, so go ahead and look for Rock Candy Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you catch your pods. And with that, party on, kids. Party on. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win, earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 